But oh, and, and quick shout out too. Thanks everybody for three thousand downloads. That's pretty freaking awesome. We probably should have led with that. Maybe I'll put that at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, I'll, yeah. If I have time, I'll edit it. But I'm studying for exam the next week, so I don't have time. But <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Everybody's listening knows that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you see a lot of memes on my LinkedIn and stuff. You'll know how much studying I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna start commenting on everyone. Matt, go study. <laughs> Matt, go study. But no, for real. Thank you, everybody. Like three thousand downloads in like fifty-five countries. Like I literally took a screenshot it at. at 7 a.m. this morning whenever I, I took the screenshot and it said 52 countries and like I just like went back and looked at it like four hours later and it said 55 countries and I was like what the heck just happened hey what's up everyone welcome back to the CMO Interest podcast where usually we bring you industry experts to talk through construction management items and sorry this week we just got a couple knuckleheads so it's just me and Kyle this week um We've both been pretty busy schedules and we just wanted to get on here and have a conversation and um, anybody in the live audience, feel free to join the conversation, uh, chat in the chat box, um, ask your questions, join in as we get going. So what's going on, Kyle? Hey, Matt, doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. A little, a little tired these days, but getting through it. How about yourself? Same, man. It's been a, been a busy couple of weeks, a couple of holidays, a couple family trips on the weekends. And so... Um, you work all week, you travel all weekend, you get back to work and it's a busy time. You know, the sad thing is when you, when you just said there were a couple of holidays, I was just like, holy crap, there were, but yeah, no, no, you're right there. Yeah, there were, I, I've worked right through them. So I, I don't even, <laughs> it's not phasing me right now. I guess a couple, I say a couple, but I guess it was 4th of July, but it fell on a Tuesday. So it felt like it was a, <laughs> it was two holidays in yeah. one almost, but oh, yeah, <clears throat> so one thing I wanted to get into was I wanted to, a big thing I see on Reddit is, you know, kind of a lot of people on the construction manager subreddit is people asking about like, what is the, what's an experience of a construction manager? So I kind of want to flip that on to you. Like, so what is a day? And actually you've been working nights. So what is a day or night like in the life of a construction manager? Sure. Well, let's start with the night since that's what I've been doing. So, um, so, you know, the shift times are, are a big driver of how people are feeling on their night shifts. And, you know, we're working 5 p.m. to 3 a.m. right now. So, you know, 10 hour days and, um, you know, getting in around 5 p.m., start getting getting up to speed, walking around with the crews, talking with the foreman, talking with the daytime CM, too, of course, important, um, kind of having that, that, that Passover, that handover meeting. Um, so kind of walking through the site, seeing what got done during the day. Um, you know, really also too the main point of that is talking with that daytime CM and kind of figuring out, all right, here's what got done, but here's what I need done tonight. You know, that's the big one. Usually, from at least from what I've seen, Matt, is, the, you know, the daytime CMs usually the lead, the ones who's really, who's really driving the project. And, you know, nighttime, we're there for supplemental support. We're there to help keep the wheels on the bus if we can. <laughs> but and keep and keep making progress the the hard part about that that i've seen so I've, I've done night shifts now at least three or four times on projects and and, and each time for you know a solid month or more and um the biggest the biggest challenge i think with that is is the crews that you get um a lot of times people don't want to work nights surprise yeah. surprise and so getting the tradesmen that want to do that too is also a challenge so i see a lot of temps get brought in i mean every single time i do this there's a lot of temporary workers brought in um, to support which just means that productivity at nights already goes down because people are tired 
Um, so let's, I mean, let's say from 100%, you're already down to maybe 60 or 70% just off the bat because people are tired. Now you bring in temps that don't know, you know, the company standards for the trades they're working with necessarily. Maybe that they're also um, temps that are more so laborers or helpers instead of actual pipe fitters or journeymen. Uh, so now you just lost another, let's say, 15 to 20%. So, I mean, really, night shifts, you're, you're probably running 50% efficiency if I, if I was to guess. Um, but you also got to, I mean, those numbers suck. But you also got to consider is making 50% efficiency better than nothing? Well, depending on the project, it, you know, it's, it still is. But um, so that, that's kind of the, the the getting things started. And then, yeah, one, you know, we, we have our have our safety meetings around 6.30 p.m. Talk through our JHA for the night, the plan, what the crew is working on, any safety risks, anything they need from me as the owner's rep, anything I have to go talk to the client about and get figured out. Maybe they got to um, use one of the dock doors or they got to shut down something in the plant for, for an hour or two for some work or something. Um, so that's kind of the next step there is having that meeting with the, with, with the foreman that, that, you know, it's kind of our daily huddle, if you will, for the night crew. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, then we just go about our business as usual, um, lunch slash dinner, whatever you call it on nights. That's <laughs> for us, that's around nine or 10 o'clock. just depends on, on what's going on. We've, we started out at 10 o'clock, but we shifted it to 9 PM recently because nothing's open at 10 o'clock. So, oh. so these guys are trying to go to lunch at 10 and there's nowhere to go get food. So we started doing it at nine o'clock instead. Um, so lunch is at nine and then, yeah, then they're just, they're working away. They, they get a break or two um, as, as kind of, you know, as per usual morning, afternoon breaks. And then around 3 a.m. they're cleaning up, doing cord roll-ups, getting the area ready for day crew tomorrow. And I'm writing my report for the evening and 3.30, 4 o'clock, I'm, I'm off the site. So in a nutshell, that's my usual night. And then you work all day to keep the business going in the daytime. <laughs> oh man, that's been the tough part. And, and, you know, I was texting yesterday about this, like I knew it was going to be tough, but this has been a whole new level of tough. Cause it's like every day I've got people putting meetings on my calendar in the morning at like seven or eight o'clock. So it's like, well, I'm not going to go to bed for an hour and get up. Cause then I, then I may, I might miss, I might miss it. First of all, cause I might be sleeping in a coma, <laughs> but the second part is I'm just going to be too tired. So I usually just end up staying up. And then, you know, when that meeting's done in the morning, I go to sleep and then I'm back up in the afternoon for more meetings and, head into work. So it's, it's been, it's been interesting, man. That's been, it is interesting. Um, especially <laughs> if, I can't imagine, I mean, flipping back and forth, I was, this is what we was texting about. Yes. I guess yesterday, uh, yeah. my days are blending together as your nights are blending together. But yeah, I, I, I've had friends that, you know, work at plants and that sort of stuff or you know, they're police officers. And so they're, they'll be working night shift, but they'll flip, you know, I forget what this, you know, every other week they're flipping between days and nights. I'm like, that's gotta be awful going back and forth. But when they're working nights, right? Like they don't have to do anything during the daytime. Like they're off, they're just sleeping. They have nothing to worry about except, you know, that transitional day is probably a mess for them because they're staying up for 36 hours or something silly just so they can get flipped over. But it's just, I don't know. Get oh, burned yeah, out no, fast. That's definitely true. And, and I think it's, I think people in law enforcement and also medical I've heard of do that. I, mm -hmm. I think nurses do that quite a bit unless I'm mistaken. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that'd be really tough. I mean, honestly, some parts of that I think would be almost even tougher than what I'm doing, which is the flipping from days to nights, back to days to nights. That's the, for, to me, that's the tough part because you, yeah. you, you start to get used to something your body does. And then all of a sudden you flip back again and then you confuse it all over again. You got to relearn. <laughs> so it's just like, it just sucks. There's no, there's no, no doubt about it. Hey, hey, have you done much nights before, Matt? No, no, not anything, nothing to really 
talk about. I mean, we've had Avoid some, it like it's a plague. I, we, I mean, we've had some, you know, we've got a deadline coming up and a couple really late shifts type stuff, but nothing consistent. Um, yeah. So, you know, being an owner's rep, construction manager can mean a million things, right? Like kind of what your day-to-day responsibilities are. Um, you know, you could just be a staff augmentation if the your clients got a lot of capabilities and they just need an extra hired gun, essentially. You could run the whole program for them. You could, there's so like so many different variables of what a construction manager could do for an owner's rep. So kind of in your, what you're doing right now, like what is your kind of sort of tasks? Like what are you responsible for? Well, there's, there's a few different things. And, but again, me being on nights as kind of the supporting CM, my, my role is even minimized quite a bit, but as far as the project that we're You're on, just keeping so everybody awake. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> trying to keep everybody awake and trying to keep everybody, you know, playing nice together because now that we're five weeks into it, people are starting to get a little tired. It's starting to catch up to every, everybody on the site. People are getting grumpy. Um, we haven't had much for blow ups and tempers. Actually, we did have one, unfortunately, um, earlier in the week. We had a had a, had a young guy on site. And this is this is a good little story, actually, for anybody listening. So we, we, we had a young guy on site. He, he was a temp. He was brought in. Uh, I think he was a, a an apprentice a pipe fitter or a welder, one of the two. Um, but anyways, he was brought in for help. Been around for a few weeks now. And I don't know if it's if it's just being tired and being grumpy, but he got into it with the fire watch. And so, so for anybody that's not, that's not familiar with it, so fire watch, whenever we're doing hot work, uh, cutting, grinding, welding, anything that could generate heat or a spark, we got to have a person there dedicated to watch that work take place. Just in case there's a fire, that person's standing there, they're ready to go with a fire extinguisher. I mean, and, and literally, believe it or not, it's a really important job that we have somebody there that can watch for fires and keep, keep them burning down a whole manufacturing plant. Pretty, pretty important. Um, and so, uh, so a lot of times they'll bring in somebody um, just for that job specifically who, I mean, honestly, their job. And I'm not going to lie for, for anybody listening that, that that's, that's got to be a tough, crappy job to just stand there all night long and watch people work. I mean, now that's kind of what we do already, but, <laughs> <laughs> but at least we get at least we get to walk around. That fire watch has to stand in one spot and just be focused on that hot work taking place to be ready to put out a fire. So it's kind of a it's got to be a tough job. So I wouldn't want to do it. I've got a follow-up story about that. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Well, it, it'll be short anyway. So anyway, so, so this um, something happens the other night, and, and I'm walking through walking through our work area in the plant, and um, and, and I don't know if I mentioned this is a flour mill, so it, you know there's always a dust um, dust hazard, and you know it, dust is also very combustible, um, so hot work is a very big concern in these in these flour mills, um, and so I'm walking through the other night, and uh, so, so the fire watch is there, and this and this kid is there. And um, I, I kind of hear something. I, I hear like an argument taking place as I walk into the room. And then as I walk in, I see this kid kick something. He, he, there's like this plastic stool. And, I, and what I found out was the fire watch was sitting on it because he's sitting there and he's bored. So he was sitting on it and the kid was, it's three o'clock in the morning. Um, he wanted to start cleaning up and the fire watch was like, hey man, I can't move. I gotta watch, you know, I'm still fire watching. I gotta watch this over here. And the, the, I don't know what happened. He got mad about it. And so then they, they had this heated argument over, over nothing, really. And then this kid kicked the stool, and that's when I walked in and saw that. And to me, that was like something that's like, that's, a, that's an aggressive thing. I mean, that's, <laughs> as, as far as I'm considered, and he kicked it at the fire watch. That's, that's, that's violence as far as I'm concerned, too. So I quick grabbed those two. I said, hey, hold on, guys. We, we got to talk about this. What, what's going on here? 
And then when I brought him over there, the kid was like, oh, no, no, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm like, no, you're not going to do that in here. I said, you guys go outside to your trailer and talk to your supervisor and work this out. So then they left, talked to the supervisor. A few minutes later, I saw them both back in there and the supervisor. And then I talked to the supervisor. I was like, well, you didn't handle this the way it needs to be handled. I said, he has to leave the site right now. They said, we have a zero tolerance for, for, for violence on these sites. That's, that's the one thing I have no patience for is violence mm-hmm. towards another, another worker. I mean, we're all working together. We, we need to be looking out for each other on these job sites. We spend more time with each other than we do our families. Violence is not acceptable. So right. I said, he, so I unfortunately had to, had to dismiss him from the site that night. And it's too bad because I hope that he left it with an attitude of learning instead of just being pissed off that he was kicked off site. But you know, kind of given what I saw, I'm sure he was just, just mad at, mad at me. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, those guys, I've, I've been seen enough. Those guys typically don't take that to heart, unfortunately. Um, maybe yeah. one day they'll wake up and when they get a little older, but I mean, I, we've all been young. We've all had <laughs> issues. But yeah. it's, you were asking about work at night. I was like, no, I haven't, but we were working on a project in, in Georgia. It was at a, a, a military base and basically had a lot of structural steel welding to do it was on a vehicle barrier kind of on the waterfront and it was i mean it was in southern georgia basically in the swamp on the waterfront in july hot miserable humid and you got these welders you know full welding hoods you know all decked out right and so we shifted their work hours i think they started like 2 a.m right or 3 a.m something like that and they were done by eight or nine or you know whatever the whatever shift was 10 o'clock or something right and um, basically just shifted the workers' hours up so at least they could be working in the, in the cool days. I say cool. It's still hot and humid at night over there. But anyway, so now you got welders and you got fire watches out there. And we were – I forget what it was. It's been years back. But there's a – I think there's an OSHA minimum of how far they can be. So we had our welders set up as far as they could be apart with a fire watch in the middle because he watched two technically. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to have one fire watch for one welder because we had a lot of welders out on this thing. So we had one fire watch for two welders, but like at four o'clock in the morning, a guy sitting in a lawn chair out in the middle of nowhere underneath, you know what I mean? Just like, it was impossible to keep those guys awake. I think we probably lost two or three fire watches because the, you'd go out there or the state, the owners, I was with a contractor at that point, but the owner safety guy would come by and have to wake up for fire watches. And so you're not a very good fire watch. So we had to cycle through and get another one. And it was uh, interesting times, interesting things you see in the industry, you know, when you start, especially working nights and odd hours and in weird places. And so. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's just one of those, I mean, it's, it's this particular situation that, that we're in right now in my company. I mean, we, we, we agreed to do this, this project to help out, you know, another partner construction management firm. They're the ones that have the, the, the main contract with, with the manufacturer. And then we're just, you know, supporting them for their second shift coverage. Um, well, you know, we, we, we kind of came into this knowing it would be this way, but also it was like, well, if you guys need help and if, if the customer needs the help, you know, there's a lot of value in this, it's going to suck, but we'll do it. So that was kind of the attitude we had is, you know, it, it's going to suck, but Hey, you know what, we're, we'll, we'll be here and we'll be your, be your support for you. So, whew. but so, Hey, so, so Matt, let's, let's, let's turn it back on you. Now we talked a little bit about the, the night. <coughs> in the life of a construction manager what do you, what are the days looking like for you uh well for me they're i'm awake but they're hot um no i mean being in houston is hot right now but um it's not i think it's like 105 heat index right now and just like it's just stupid it was like 100 oh it was 98 gosh. at 10 o'clock news last night it was saying it was like 98 or 99 heat index still 
So it's just it's just brutal out there right now. But um, yeah, so I mean, for what we're doing, I'm working on a county courthouse program, and um, counties, a lot of counties, you know, they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of capabilities for when it comes to construction. You know, there a lot of school districts don't unless it's a big growing school district then they'll have maybe a construction staff or something like that but you know a county they do a lot of construction work but they do a lot of road work a lot of horizontal work you know they have a lot of infrastructure like that they have typically they build a courthouse and it lasts 100 years so they're not building buildings very often right so anyway they brought us in to kind of help that side of things um they're the owners reps our contacts i mean they definitely know what they're doing they're up to speed on everything um, when it comes to construction, it's not like a school district or something where you got to like really break it down into elementary concepts for them. Mm-hmm. And, and and by the way, good pun there with, with the elementary concepts. That, that was, <laughs> I, like, I, I, I like that. Just to call that out here. It was unintended, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> uh, when you're building an elementary school, you got to really talk in elementary terms. Um, <laughs> anyway so it's it's been they've been a great client they've been fun they've been you know really eager it's it's gonna be a cool program for them they're expanding their courthouse campus um but yeah i mean to answer your question what the day-to-day looks like um you know we various meetings depends on it's a cement risk project with multiple phases so um as we're working in some buildings or some phases we're still in design of other phases so having design meetings having field coordination meetings, um, having, you know, every other week OAC type meetings. Um, we go out and do daily site walks, you know, observation reports, um, any deficiencies we find, we write them up. Um, deficiencies for people who don't know is like really from what our perspective is, we're not quality control or quality assurance. So we, we're just going out and making sure that they're meeting the plans, the specs, things are in the right spot. They're using the right materials. Um, they're meeting the, you know, whatever they submitted on, it's been approved, make sure we're just kind of, we're kind of also, you know, the role we fill is kind of the day-to-day eyes and ears for the client and the design team. Um, so if we see something funny, you know, if we think maybe it's funny, we may call the architect or call the engineer or something like, Hey, you know, is this right? Like I'm looking at the drawings, looking at the specs and just kind of helping them kind of do their job better too. Right. Cause a lot of architects and engineers, they'll come out once every couple of weeks maybe there's an oac meeting once a month right now everyone wants to do oac meetings and do stuff virtually so getting them out there you know depends on the complexity and the level and the and the area of the job you know sometimes they don't want to come out all the time so having somebody like us out there definitely helps with the feedback and helps with the documentation right um you know we oh, do sure. a million photos we use procore and so procore is just we have a guy who's he's really our quality uh control guy or quality assurance guy and he I don't even know how many photos he's taken in the last year, like just a million photos. So, but it's just documentation the whole way through. Right. And hopefully a lot of the documentation you never need. Um, if things get sideways and you end up in a lawsuit, well, you've got the documentation, right? A lot of these daily reports and all, at least that's my take on, I think we talked about this the other day. Um, documentation a lot of times is hope you're preparing for the lawsuit hoping you never get there, right? That's never the goal. But if you ever get there, then you, at least you got the story built and you got, you got from what we're doing, we have the owner protected, right? And the client protected and those sort of stuff. So um, I do probably a whole lot more stuff that I didn't even mention, you know, reviewing where the first line of defense, I say defense of the review of the um, pay applications, change orders, all those sort of stuff. We look at it first and if we, we're good with it and we'll pass it along. 
um, for the owner to look at and, you know, the design team to look at too. So we're kind of managing that process. Um, and then whatever else gets thrown on our plate day to day. Yeah. And then, and then you mentioned multiple phases. How long is this project? It cut out. What'd you say? Uh, you mentioned multiple phases. How long is the project that you're on? Oh man, they started design in 2020 and we'll wrap up with construction finally, probably halfway through 25. Okay. Wow. So it's a, it's been a long project. I got out there, um, end of, I've been out there a year and a half. I got out there kind of start of 22. And so, gotcha. um, when they really ramped up construction, I got out there. Um, but we've had guys kind of working on the program since I think they started sometime January of 2020. Um, and then COVID hit and everything out of mess. And then stuff we budgeted in 2020 and 2021, you know, everyone knows what inflation has been doing and cost of materials and lead times. And it's just been a, moving target, trying to make it all work and fit. And and then we've had to be real creative too. Um, one of the projects we did, um, we we actually had to bid it out a couple times and we actually bid out first the mechanical and electrical scopes because we had to get long lead time. I mean, what a, an air handler used to be 18 weeks, 12 weeks, and now it's 40, 45 weeks, right? It's, it's things are crazy. Generators are 52 weeks. And at that point, you're still crossing your finger, you're going to get it. And so we we identified some of like the critical path things that, and we bid that stuff out early. So just trying to um, be creative because it's a, not a, it's not a typical time right now. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and you actually just had a question for you because something that I see a lot in manufacturing is their, their budgets internally get released in, in mm -hmm. kind of in stages and in phases. And so, you know, they'll, they'll get their long lead funding approved right away. That's that's to order the equipment. That's to get all of those long lead, you know, items ordered up right away that are that are, you know, those long lead times, all those 30, 40, 50 plus week items, equipment, whatever that is. They kind of get their first section of budget released to be, go spend that money right away. It gets stuff ordered, obviously, because it's such a long lead time that you want to actually have the stuff to be able to put it in while the project's still going on. So. But then they might have another round of funds released and then another round and another round, et cetera. And that all kind of depends on the project. Um, but what I'm seeing, what I have been seeing and why I'm bringing this up is that, I mean, they're spending all that money on the front end, sometimes even spending more if they have to, because there's so much stuff that is long lead these days. So many, so many high dollar pieces of equipment because I mean, I mean costs have gone up too. everybody, everybody knows that. So mm -hmm. what, what used to cost three million is now four or five million dollars to order up. And so with that being said, they're, you know, they're spending and even overspending sometimes before the project is fully funded, fully approved. Um, and so I'm wondering if you see things like that in your sector that you work on, or, you know, do they have budgets released at different phases, different stages? Kind of how does that work? I mean, every, every project's different, right? Every program's a little different and those sort of things. Um, what we did, we did a, did a basically a We've been cost estimating through the whole design phase, right? But we kind of did a, this before I got out there, but they did a, basically a big preliminary cost estimate uh, for the cement risk program at the 50% DD, 50% uh, design development. And it kind of locked in, I think actually it was before I was there, it was 50%, 100% DD. So it was in the DD stage anyway, right? So it kind of got them an idea for their funding, all this sort of stuff and knowing, and they put a contingency on that because as you develop stuff out, there's a design contingency you put on it because you think it's this, oh, I forgot that this thing and that thing, and we forgot this code. And, you know, just as you design, as you finish design, you find more costs essentially, right? So anyway, oh yeah, there's always, and um, 
there's you can look it up there's all these different at different stages of design there's different design contingencies you should carry um and as you get closer to basically construction drawings your design contingency should decrease down to zero right in, in theory so anyway they had this and they had uh these contingencies on there out the water at almost every at every package we bid out just because it blown that out of the water so we're having to scramble do some uh, find be creative with some of their funding sources um but we're making it through we've been creative we've been resilient and <laughs> finding a way so it's at the end of the day it's gonna be a good program for the county good yeah well and you mentioned being creative finding a way that's the name of the game on the project i'm on right now we're hitting some hit some pretty big design um design misses if you will some some opportunities i think they like to call them nowadays some things that probably should have been done a little differently that uh unfortunately were pretty much like showstoppers for construction so we we, we put in a bunch of steel around this platform for this this uh this bin and um you know flower flower system that comes through these bins goes into this 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 uh equ equipment that, that actually bags it into these big, big you know 50 pound bags of flour that, that's pretty much the, that's the project in a nutshell and there's a big big chunk of new steel that we that we put in new steel platform with some with some decking um and uh so, and there was there was a, a, a designed hole that goes through that because, because it has to go in the center of this equipment and well guess what the hole's not big enough so um it was built we, we put it together exactly like the drawings and the 3d model showed and it was to the spec and everything but yeah, when the equipment got to got in the building and started getting rough set, well, guess what? That hole's not going to work. So, last couple of days have been basically um, taking two steps back, pulling out a bunch of steel, uh, making some cuts, making some modifications to actually fit this equipment now. And then, uh, actually, hopefully, as we speak to right now, they've put in the put in the equipment back in place. So, what was the problem? The equipment showed up bigger than it the drawing said it was going to be. Well, that'll be next week's discussion, I'm sure. And, and actually, maybe, maybe it's even maybe, maybe it's even this week's. It's it's the it's the who done it, and it's the you know it's the finger pointing is it's gonna it's gonna happen. I'm sure it's gonna be the engineers didn't design it this way because they didn't have the model from the vendor, mm -hmm. and the vendor didn't provide the model this way because the engineers didn't ask for it, or maybe the design wasn't far enough along because of changes the client made, or you know there's there's gonna be everybody pointing the finger every which way here, and unfortunately what ends up what it ends up usually coming down to is that it's just it ends up being a big waste of time and you know we just we just need to get this project done and then you know costs and all that stuff we'll figure it out later and we'll figure out if we just gotta we gotta get this done and not burn any more time and burning more money doing that. that's man i don't know how many times i've just seen stuff where you don't have fully coordinated shop drawings right you have you have different trades right and they, if they never coordinate their shop drawings and bim is a great tool to do that um, but you know, so many projects don't really need a full BIM model. But and even if it is a full BIM model, if they just don't pull the right equipment Revit file and throw it in there, and it just the next thing you know, you're designing off of something is wrong. And man, I've just seen time and time again where, especially when you get multiple trades trying to coordinate together, if you don't have a good plan and a coordinated shop drawing is a really good plan, uh, whether it be in 3D modeling or or just. I mean, hell, even if you just take a piece of notebook paper and sketch it out together, at least if you have a plan together of how this thing is going to go together. But 
um, it's not coordinated. I've just seen so much money go up in smoke. Um, and a lot of times, unfortunately, it, it's a mess and it's finger pointing. And a lot of times the owner ends up paying way more than they should because yeah. it usually ends up in some sort of change order or it's, or if it's, that's not captured. Well, now the sub, I don't, not all of them, but some of them will want to capture it in a future change order and hide it in there or something like that. Yeah. And it's just, anyway, it's never, it's never good for anybody. Um, no, it's, it's, it's not. Just so much value in a, in a very, in coordination. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, the little bit I was going to add in there, just kind of contrasting what's worked well and what, and what hasn't in this kind of a circumstance is, so this particular model, I believe, was developed and issued three months ago. I don't think it's been updated since. And what drives me crazy is on these projects, they like to say that this 3D model, this Navisworks model, is for reference only. Um, but at the same time, there are some details that are in the model that aren't in the drawings. And so that's a bunch of crap, if you ask me. Um, anyways, so, but they like to say it's reference only. And so guess what? They stop updating it. They're like, well, it gives you the general idea. It gives you the gist to build from, but ultimately the drawings are the governing document, the specifications, you got to follow those. And then of course the, the caveat to cover all this is always, well, and, and call the engineer if you have questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If, if, if we did that, we'd never be off the phone with you. So, um, but what I've seen work, work and, the, and the kind of the contrast of that, what I've seen work well is when the model is continuously updated throughout the project. Every week, there's a design coordination review. There's, 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 con, there's clash detection where you go through the model, you look at what's been added in the last week. And you look through it as a team and you talk about, all right, here's what's been added. Do we have any conflicts? Do we have things that are interfering? Oh, we do now. We need to address this. It has to be a continually updated document for it to really be valuable. Otherwise, all that freaking money in engineering, I mean, yeah, maybe it's still 80% that was fine. But that last 20% is always what bites us in the ass. It's, it's always it's these, it's, these, it's these little things, even like we're experiencing this week. Guess what? Our hole wasn't big enough. All right. Well, I guess we just lost two days right there on that one. And that one little thing that, you know, set somebody missed. It's always the little things. It's never the big, the big things are the easy things, right? It's the small details that can completely blow up everything. I mean, just having a hole not big enough. Like that's a game. That's a showstopper right there. So that, it's, it's a showstopper. And, and also too, I mean, having been on the engineering side, I can, also, I mean, I can see both sides of the coin here. I can see what happened. Probably it was never in the scope and budget on the engineering side to update this model every week. Right. And so everybody said, okay, well, here's the most cost effective option. We're going to create this model, update it for three months, and then, then we'll stop updating it. It'll be our reference document until we find out that the shit's messed up in the field. <laughs> well, well, guess guess what? We found that out, guys. We're here. <laughs> we got to solve this now and move on. <laughs> any any money you saved on engineering, you just you just burned it right there. Plus, oh on. well, well, and and probably did, but but honestly, maybe not too. Maybe that was also factored in. Is that the money saved in engineering is still more than the change orders from the contractors? I mean, I don't know, but that could have been the discussion even too. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, there's always a, we'll just, you're creating enough and it's a, it's a gamble at that point. Roll the dice, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, don't they call it like, like engineering economics or something like that? I, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's some kind of a subject for it or something. I'm sure there is. I mean, that's actually, I'm sure I'm not an engineer by any means or an architect, but I'm sure there's a certain amount of thought process that goes into that sort of thing. Yeah. But, hey, so one thing I did want to pick your brain on, after talking about it for, 
I don't know, years, I've, I finally signed up to do the CCM exam, be a certified construction manager, I'm doing it, taking the all test. Right. I, I planned a, a month ago, I finally said, all right, month out, I'm going to book a date. And so here we are next week, taking it. Um, you're a CCM. You've taken your test. I don't know how long ago. Any words of advice, words of wisdom, any tips? Well, yeah. I, I, so honestly, for me and any, anybody else that's listening that is doing it or looking to do it, um, the, the, the best piece of advice I have, what worked best for me was to do the practice exam. And because, I mean, what, what I did with that was, and I, I might have even taken it twice and done two different versions of it, but doing the practice exam really, once you do that, you also find out maybe the areas that you're not as strong in. So then you can put your time and effort and focus study energy into those areas instead of yeah. doing the stuff you are you already know pretty well. So so for me, honestly, that was the biggest thing. I, I didn't study that much. I mean, I probably spent three months of time just doing a few hours every week. I mean, it's not like I was every single day or anything because we just we just don't have that kind of time. You know what we do. I mean, and, 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 you, and you have a family and stuff, too. So you have even less time than I than I do. And did. but um, I booked but, it. Just I got tired of talking about it, so I put it on my calendar a month out, and then I've like been out of town every weekend since. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. family trips, this and that, Fourth of July, and I'm like, man, that was a bad plan. But here we are. <laughs> I got tired of talking about it, so yeah. Well, and and I so I took mine back in late 2020, so it's been a couple of years now. I'm sure it's changed a little bit, but what I do remember when I took it was there was a lot of questions on schedule. Um, for, for schedules being developed, there was even some like calculations on uh, how do you calculate your float in the schedule, you know, those kinds of things that honestly I had never even had to really do before in the field. So I would recommend putting some time to that, understanding like forward it. Forward pass, backward pass, all that sort of stuff. All that, yep, yep. And then, yeah. you know, it, it, and then have you look and evaluate a schedule and determine the float and ask you some questions about it. That's, That's funny. what I remember. Because you talk about that, and I've heard somebody else say that they studied a lot of schedule stuff, and there was zero schedule questions on the exam. And they were kind of mad because they studied a lot of it. I don't know. They did it probably five years ago or something like that. And they were saying, like, because somebody told them, like, you got to make sure you understand scheduling and do all that. And they studied real hard, and they were like, there's zero questions. So I guess I imagine they probably pull from a randomly pull from like a large test bank, and you were just, you got the schedule heavy one. And Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, and there were also two, there were plenty of questions on ethics, um, you know, make, make some, make, making the ethical decision, you know, they'll give you a scenario, ask you which, you know, which way is the most ethical, ethical way to act in that, in that situation. Um, what else? There's, as long as it's not like the stupid PPM exam or PMP exam, where it's choose the most right answer. Like they're all right, but choose the most right. Like, <laughs> that's it, honestly how the exam goes. And it's like, or it's like you encounter this. What do you do first? And you're looking at the uh-huh. things and like, it doesn't matter which one you do first. You need to do all four of these. It doesn't really matter which one you do first, but there's a right answer. I, you know what? I, I think I do remember a few of those that I, I, I scratched my head on. And those were ones that I was like, okay, I'll come back to this one after I do the rest of them that I know. Um, I don't remember a lot of those though. And, and, and honestly too, I, I feel that it's just like, like every other exam where, you know, test taking strategy is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's strategies to doing stuff. And like what I learned back, back when I was doing like my, my EIT exam, which is that eight hour engineering exam, the first one anyways, um, you know, the, 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 your, your first pass through, you only do the questions that you know, that you're hundred percent confident on. 
your second pass through, if you're still not sure of, of answers, you mark them, but you don't necessarily commit to them yet. And finally, you're, you're finally your third pass. Now it's time. It's go time. You got to answer everything. And and I and my understanding, like from a, a psychological perspective, is you, you build up the confidence that way, and that helps you make better decisions and what the answers are. Mm-hmm. You probably so, get a flow too, and you got easy ones. Because I was already thinking about that. I was like. For the scheduling ones, those take time, right? You're not just reading and answering, yeah. reading and answering. You almost got to like build out a network diagram and do it all. And if you're going to calculate the, the float and stuff, it's like just skip all those, kind of batch those at the end. And then if I guess if you run out of time, right, there's only three or four or five maybe, and you didn't miss 20 questions because you were too busy working on these five. And so <clears throat> um, anyway, that was my idea anyway, was just to kind of yeah. skip those and batch them at the end. No, no, and that's you have to do, and obviously make sure you answer every single one. So even if, even if you have to go through and guess at the last ten percent of them, make sure you have enough time to do that and make some educated guesses. But also too that I think mean, you know that strategy works, and I've, I've experienced it because as you're going through, and you know you get, you, get, you get a first pass all the way through the whole thing. Now you've read all the questions, and mm-hmm. so you might be working on a problem, and you might figure out, oh, actually I know how to do that question now. You might be able to go back and, and figure out some of the stuff that you didn't didn't on the first pass. So. You know, there's there's some good test taking strategies that if people aren't familiar with, I'd highly recommend they look into. It's worked out well for me in the past. That's probably. I mean, tests are just it's almost a game too, right? Like, oh yeah. Standardized tests like that. Oh man, and and I'm going to tell you too. In, in contrast, I had tests that when I was going to school um, at, at the university, I I had tests where I walked in and I looked through the whole thing, didn't even know where to start on any of them. Close the booklet up and walked out of the room. <laughs> I'm like, nope, nope, this isn't it for me. <laughs> walked out to the counselor's office or whatever. So I'm going to drop this class. <laughs> I I did. I, I used up my one free withdrawal on geography of the U.S. and Canada because I could not. I couldn't grasp it at all, man. I am ge- geographically challenged, apparently. Man, I had, to, I had to retake a few classes in college, and I should have dropped them you know and whatever withdrew but like i'm always i'm the optimal i'm the what do you call it the uh the optimist where it's like no matter <laughs> no matter how poorly you're doing throughout the, te- the the semester it's like i'm gonna make it up i'm gonna get better i'm gonna get better <laughs> and it keeps building on itself it keeps getting harder and harder and you keep especially in engineering right if you don't understand the first whatever first few weeks like you're not gonna understand the shit at the end <laughs> <You're screwed. laughs> but i kept thinking i'm gonna understand it i'm gonna get it and then you just yeah. you hate life for a full semester, and then at the end you just you take the exam. You're like, I don't even. Why did I even show up? Call it is fun. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Any for anybody that's listening, going through it. I hope you know I'm. I I feel for you. Haven't gone through it. I've been there, been in the trenches, man. It's tough. <laughs> it is, and that's. I mean, I had no interest in being a uh, an actual like professional engineer taking that route. And so I did some engineering, but when everyone else was signing up to take the EIT exam, I was like, no, why would I suffer? Like, I have no interest in being an engineer. I want to do like construction management. And plus we had a rugby game that weekend, so I couldn't, I couldn't miss that. Uh, you got to have the priorities of mine here. I mean. <laughs> but it was just like, I had no interest in sitting for that exam just because like, I, did, I knew that wasn't the path I wanted to take. Like, yeah. would it have looked better on my resume and what, you know, whatever, like hundred percent. Could I have made more money fresh out of the gate? hundred percent probably. But like, I was just like, I am not studying and sitting for this thing because that's not where I want to go. 
Well, and at the time for me, I only took it because that is the path I was going. The company I was working for was an electrical engineering firm and all of them had their PEs. So yeah. it was basically an eventual thing that I would have to get if, if I had stayed there. And so, yeah, I just put the time in, studied, took it. Okay, but it was brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you pass on the first go? I did. I did, yeah. Um, nice. And and they don't t- they don't tell you your score, though, so I don't know. How, I, I, I must have just barely squeaked by, but... Um, yeah, apparently, apparently I did. That's awesome, though, so, man. Yeah. So I've been asking you all the questions. You got any questions to bring up or anything to talk about? Well, so let me ask you this: so with your test coming up next week, Matt, how much? I mean, what, what areas are you feeling good about? Where Where do you think you're going to need to put your time and effort in? Um, that's a really good question that I don't have an answer for yet because I haven't <laughs> put it up. <laughs> we'll talk next week, and I'll let you know. Uh, okay, so so your test is next Thursday. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. I spent some time this weekend, and I got a practice practice test. I've started playing with, but I just, I honestly, I just haven't. Between work, family, making memes, like I just haven't put in the effort yet. But um, I, I feel I, I I feel fairly confident in it. Like it's, I did the PMP, and it's a lot of the same sort of stuff, right? I've done like I've been doing this for long enough. Like hopefully my day knowledge might will carry me through um actually we just took a uh a, an agcm company working for we we do like monthly trainings and we just had one yesterday on scheduling right and so honestly it's like the same sort of stuff you would see on the uh on the exam and it's stuff i've done a bunch of times different trainings i've done that sort of stuff the um, network diagrams forward pass backward pass calculating float and critical path and all that sort of stuff. So I feel fairly confident with those. Obviously it's time consuming, right? That's why I just want to skip it for the end. But um but I don't know. Hopefully I, I I wanted half of me just wanted to just to not study at all, sign up and just show up and take the test and see what happened. But I was gonna feel like a real buffoon if I bombed it and like had to go pay it's not cheap. It's a few hundred bucks. I have to go pay yeah. a couple hundred bucks more to go retake it because I didn't pass. But almost as just like a an experiment and like had not wanted to study i just wanted to show up and do it but i thought that'd be a dumb idea especially if i failed it <laughs> well yeah if it's one of those that if, if you pass it you're like oh see i know what i'm doing but if you don't pass it you're like well crap i guess i probably should have put some more time in that. yeah then you're like two hundred dollars or 250 300 poorer and like <laughs> yeah i guess there goes the beer money for a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we can't have McDonald's, kids. <laughs> Ramen noodles for the next few weeks. <laughs> oh. Actually, Matt, I do have a question for you. So, What's that? Um, you know, I've been I've been trying to get into a lot lately with looking up new new things to try, new innovative um, ideas, and you know, maybe it's you know, a new process or a new technology or something. Is there anything that that you that you're doing or that you've seen that has kind of had your interest lately? Man, I've I've gone down. We talk about. I think every time we talk, we talk about technologies and stuff. And you're sending me 3D renderings you're making with your phone <laughs> on the job site, and like some crazy stuff. Right? There's a lot of really cool, crazy stuff out there. Um, man, there is a. I'm gonna give them a shout out, although I haven't really even fully played with their product yet. But there's this company I've I've talked to a little bit, um, and he's supposed to be getting me set up on a demo uh, trial. But it's called Roger, and I think the website's like called it's tryroger.com. But they have this 
the system, you basically you log in with your Microsoft account and it reads your Outlooks. And it it really, because I don't know about your Outlook and your email, you just get stuff from all over the place and it's a mess, right? And you're trying to figure out, what am I doing now? How am I answering stuff? But they basically read your Outlook and you can basically click like um, to do now or do later. If you answer it now or you can put like timestamps on it. So say for instance too, like a big thing for me and if, if you read the book Getting Things Done, and like in my hacks, it was a big thing, right? Create your to-do list, create your follow-up list, right? So um, and a lot of that was driven off the book, Getting Things Done by uh, David Allen. But a lot of it's when you're processing your quote inbox and your inbox could literally be like your email inbox or it could be just uh, your tasks. Like, right, if you call me and say something, I make a note, right? That kind of goes into my inbox. If it's actionable, I need to do something with it. If it's less than two minutes, do it right then. But if it's more than two minutes, basically set a time for it in the future, right? And schedule that sort of stuff out. Um, it helps you get through all the easy stuff and at least get them off your plate. So a little easy stuff doesn't fall through your plate, but it creates a system where you can come back and do kind of the, the more timely things, right? Like if you ask me for a drawing, and if I don't have it easily accessible or if I have to go ask somebody else for it, on my first pass through with my quote inbox, I accept myself a reminder to go do it on my to-do list. And then also yep. say, I send you a message, right? Say, hey, Kyle, can you send me X, Y, and Z? Well, I need to create a follow-up in my system for you. And in case you dropped the ball, we didn't both drop the ball, right? And like, if I think I'm gonna give him three days and if he doesn't get back to me in three days, then I'll ping him again. So the system, it, it, you know, most of us live on our emails, right? I feel like every construction manager, project manager, construction, you live in your emails. There's so much stuff back and forth in emails all the time. And so the system, it basically reads that and it, it you work in there and I can set reminders. So if I send you an email, say, hey, Kyle, can you send me the drawing for the flour mill, right? For the hole that's too small. And um, I can set it just boom, right there, click it. And I can say in three days, follow up. And so it'll go to my list. And in three days, it'll hit a reminder. It says, follow up with Kyle. And I'm like, oh, he already did it. He already sent it to me. So boom, check it out, it's gone. But it kind of automates with, with your input. Oh, yeah. but it helps automate some of that to-do list, helps your follow-up list. Um, and so that's something that I'm um, kind of excited to try out, honestly, um, and see how it goes. And, but it, the, the demo they showed me looked really cool. But yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. send the stuff to you if you want. No, I'd, I'd love to see it. Very, very cool. I mean, um, the, the I would say the, the similar but not as advanced version that I do with that. So I, we use Gmail um, mm -hmm. in, in our company. And, and with Gmail, you can snooze emails where basically you kind of – Kick the can down the road, like like you say. Hey, snooze this until later today or till tomorrow. And and I think it's good. It's a good thing as long as you're not just constantly pushing stuff off. Because what I what I do is it's just like you're saying. I think I think about okay, when can I actually really realistically work on this if it's not right now? Mm -hmm. So I'll snooze it till tomorrow the same time, or maybe till later on today when I have some more free time in my schedule. And then I'll address it then. Now, granted, I, I am still bad and I have some things that I have snoozed for weeks at a time, but but at some point it's like, okay, I have really got to get this done now. Uh, <laughs> so, but, so, you know, similar thing, but I can see where the automation would be really, really handy where it kind of pings you every every few, every few days or whatever you set it to. And it's too, uh, I didn't even think about this part, but the, one of the cool parts too is if you get your whole project team on there, and I say your project team, like, I don't know if you'd really want, if you're the owner's rep, you wouldn't want the contractor and the architect and all that sort of stuff. But if like, say you're a contractor, right. you got the project manager, two assistant project managers, superintendent, whatever your little team is, and they're all in the same system. And if you're kind of passing the ball back and forth on items, right? If you say an email comes in to me and you and it says, hey, can you guys handle this? 
I can sort of quote assign it to you or I say I got it. And that way it kind of automates that too. So it's like, I don't assume you're doing it. You assume I'm doing it and the ball gets dropped, right? So you can kind of yeah. coordinate with it amongst your in-house team um, on those sort of things. So I thought that was pretty no, cool. That's really, no, that's really cool. And, and I mean, and as a team, we're, we're using um, using Scrum to manage our, yeah. our to-do list these days. But there is still some manual entry of, all right, here's the due date. Here's who's going to work on it. You know, you, you still got to put all that stuff in there and drive it to make it actually useful. And this has a scrum board built onto it too. So cool. I've like just, sold, I've just, I've already sold you. Just now you have to go get Outlook. I don't know if it works for Gmail. <laughs> uh, I, and I'm sorry, but I, I hate Microsoft products. I am so against them. Every freaking one I've ever used has just been a gigantic pain in my butt. So I avoid them. I avoid them like the plague. That's, I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, but I just, I've never liked the Gmail user interface. Just never yeah, like it. It's, very, it's 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 very simple. It's almost like too simple. Yeah, um, I like but it. It's worked. Yeah, I like Outlook. It's just something about Outlook. Even like the web browser version of Outlook, I hate. Like I don't know. Yeah. So person, it's personal preferences, I guess. You know. Well, and I just I've just had so much frustration with Microsoft stuff. Skype was it was a freaking disaster. They brought Teams out. Teams was, was a disaster at first. Even lately, Teams for me not working very well. I don't. They know updated why. it. They updated it. And oh, they like, good. yeah, they populate. So my whole team's crashed the other day. And yeah. I'm sure it wasn't me alone. Other people probably listening to this probably had the same experience where it popped up one day and it said, welcome to the new teams. You can try it now and you can always go back to the old if you don't like it. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. So I clicked it over and it just nothing worked. Like it wouldn't work. It was buggy. It was laggy. Like I couldn't join in meetings. Like I was having to like, I was trying to get on meetings and like I did it. And then I had like a meeting with like, my boss and like some other important people. And then like, I'm getting text messages. You join in the meeting. Like I've been trying for like five minutes to join this meeting. And so I finally logged in on my phone and I'm like, can't do it, man. I don't know what's going on. And then, so I finally got it. They didn't want to even revert me back to the old one. They clicked the toggle switch. It wouldn't go back. That was buggy. So I finally got it switched over to going back. And then today I go, we get on a meeting and it's like, welcome to the new teams. You're in the new team. It's like, no going back now. And I was just like, Oh my God. It wasn't as buggy as it was the first go around, but yeah. Anyway, so it drives me it drives me crazy. But um, I am still using Teams because I don't have a choice. So <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's we do so much stuff on Teams meetings that it's just like you have to do it. And anyway, so well, man, um, if you got nothing else, we'll put a pin in it there, and I'll let you get to get to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I should probably probably start getting ready here to head to the site soon. Um, don't see anybody that has given us any comments or anything, so I guess they're pretty bored. Just like you know, <laughs> they're trying to get teams to work. They're frustrated. <laughs> yeah, they're still trying to get on. Uh, so, no, it's anyway. all good, man. It, it was fun. Yeah. Next time, the people in the audience don't be shy. Join the conversation. Yeah. But oh, and, and quick shout out too! Thanks everybody for three thousand downloads. That's pretty freaking awesome. We probably should have led with that. Maybe I'll put that at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, we probably should have. Yeah, I'll, yeah. If I have time, I'll edit it. But I'm studying for exam the next week, so I don't have time. But <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Everybody's listening knows that's a lie. <laughs> you see a lot of memes on my LinkedIn and stuff. You'll know how much studying I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to start commenting on everyone. Matt, go study. Matt, go study. 
but no, for real. Thank you, everybody. Like three thousand downloads in like yeah. fifty-five countries. Like I literally took a screenshot it at at seven a.m. this morning. Whenever I, I took the screenshot, and it said fifty-two countries. And like I just like went back and looked at it like four hours later and it said fifty-five countries. And I was like, what the heck just happened? Um, so no, I, we we all appreciate it. This is awesome, and and it's honestly been the community that kind of keeps us going. The messages I get from people that are very appreciative and. Um, and asking questions and that sort of stuff. It's that's what keeps me going. And I think we said this last week and I said it in a LinkedIn comment earlier to kind of end this conversation, but if all this just helps one or two people, like it, it's worth it for me. Like, honestly, like just, I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying the feedback we get of like, it's just helping other people kind of shorten their learning curve. So, um, anyway, that's my why. No, hundred percent. I'm in agreement with that, and 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 I, you know, my feeling is the same. As long as people are enjoying it and still liking it, I'll, I'm I'm devoted to keep doing it. So, um, and it's it's been fun too. Uh, it's been, had some awesome people we've gotten to meet and share some experiences and conversations with. Honestly, people that have even changed the way I do my business and have led to some really good things. So, for me too, there's even been a, a great benefit. And so, as long as people are getting value out of it, my intent is to keep doing it. I guess that's true. I'm doing it for everybody else, but at the same time, it's definitely making an impact on me of just the people we've been meeting and like just the stuff I've been learning. And it's changed changed my mindset on a lot of things too. So um, it's been cool. Yeah. So big thank you to everybody for listening in. And as always, give us feedback. Let us know if you want to see some things done differently, have some different ideas or some maybe some topics. Always open to topics too. Always open to topics. Always open to guest recommendations. Always open to like... Um, new niche ideas like Kyle getting his haircut on the next episode um, you know anything like that <laughs> uh, anyway Kyle I'll talk to you later man alright sounds great thanks everybody for listening thanks guys <laughs>